0: Creating cultural awareness and understanding.
1: This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Winter in Minnesota, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Some love it, some hate it, but we all get through it somehow. Some people like to hunker down and cozy up to a fire, and some like to get outside and play in the cold. We've all heard of Minnesota nice. Well, get ready for Minnesota and ice a special culture click series where we'll take a look at the way Minnesotans, and Winonans in particular, get out and enjoy our frozen waters. Today, we talk ice fishing with two members of the Winona State University Fishing Club, Cale Wren and Club President Colton Haney. We talk about what you really need to get into ice fishing, safety on the ice, and how the conditions and fishing have been this year. I'm Bill Stoneberg. Stick around as we talk Minnesota and ice with Kale Ryn and Colton Haney from the Winona State University Fishing Club on Culture Click. I'm here with Colton Haney and Kale Ryn. Uh, Colton is the president of the Winona State University Fishing Club, and uh, they are here to talk to us about ice fishing today. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing pretty well. I'm doing well. Cool.
1: Well, thanks for coming in. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit briefly before, you know, where you guys are from. Um, Kale, you said you're from Winona here, right?
2: Yep, I've lived here my whole life.
1: In Colton, uh, in Wisconsin, up by Hudson. I can't remember yep, the town. Yep, I'm
2: from uh, Baldwin, Wisconsin. It's just a little town. Baldwin. by Hudson Okay, there,
1: so. cool. A lot of ice fishing up there? Or?
2: Uh, yeah, I've done, I've ice fished my whole life. Uh, my first time I went out was when I was like three years old and my dad wasn't expecting me to stay out there for a long long time but we (laughs) ended up staying out there for like six or eight hours and as soon as my dad's like all right time to go home I just would cry and ever since then I've had the fishing (laughs) fever.
1: Nice (laughs) nice so I'm assuming you guys fish all year round too right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah
1: so how long have you guys been part of the uh, Winona State University uh, Fishing Club?
2: Well, I have been part of it since my freshman year, and I'm a junior now, so three okay. years. And nice. Yeah, and then... And I'm a senior,
0: so, and I've been, I've been in it for four years.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get down to uh, brass tacks here. How has the fishing been this year?
0: I have been out since before Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Uh, we had a really early freeze-up. I uh-huh. basically jumped out of the boat November 26th, and I was on ice uh-huh. just a few days after that. Oh, wow. Um. The early season was pure madness every time i was out the uh-huh. fishing was really really good nice. um panfish crappie bluegill perch really good year the river's been showing what it's really made of cool um after christmas we got the cold snap mm-hmm. and yeah. you see the numbers of people really drop off yeah but at the same time the fishing's really slowed down fish they're similar to us in the winter when it's that cold Uh, you don't want to be outside moving around right neither do the fish so it's been pretty slow i
1: expect it with this warm-up to get really good here coming up yep okay okay so so it's not just that it's cold and people don't want to be out there but the fishing dropped off too it did Uh, yep okay well that's interesting um so we, have you been fishing on the lakes here in Winona, or where do you go?
0: I fish pretty much everything in the area. I fish both the big lake, small lake, mm-hmm. and I fish the river a lot. Okay. Um, the lakes, typically I target bluegill crappie, uh-huh. and the river is really good for basically anything you want. You okay. wake up in the morning and you're like, you know, I think I want to go catch a walleye. So mm-hmm. you can go below a dam and you can catch a walleye. Right. Um perch fishing's been phenomenal the last few years the dnr said our perch numbers are higher than they've ever been oh sweet and perch if you've eaten a perch they're just as good as a walleye people love Mm -hmm. them people hear the word perch and they just run to that fishing hole right right right
1: what what size i'm curious uh i had i got into a conversation uh the other day about this uh what size perch are you catching
0: uh typically around here a a massive perch is anything uh. over thirteen and a half okay. inches. Right. Right. Um, you get a good quality mix, I'd say, in that ten to twelve range. Mm-hmm. If you're in a really nice, low pressured area, okay. if not a lot of people are hitting it. Right. You can pretty easily find a lot of fish in that ten to twelve inch class. Okay.
1: Nice. That
0: is
2: good enough. And to compare to that compare that to like anywhere else in the world, well, uh-huh. in the nation. You usually don't find that quality perch many places. Oh, wow. The perch on the river here are actually pretty big and it's kind of still a secret spot. I mean, obviously perch are becoming more and more Mm -hmm. well-known here for their size, but over, I don't know, at a lake, you usually only catch like anywhere from five to seven inches Okay, that'll be considered a good perch. Oh, wow. So So. the river does really well for that. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's fantastic. That's real good to know. Um, So... uh, how about like people who who like myself? You know, like I was saying before we started, um, I'm not big into ice fishing. Uh, just recently started thinking about it. You know, getting uh, picking up some gear and stuff. Um, how would you? What would you recommend someone do if they're like, yeah, I want to try ice fishing, but they have no idea what to do? You know, do they need a tent with a heater and all this stuff, or how does it work? You well,
2: know? you don't necessarily need a sh- ice shack and a heater and mm-hmm. all that. All Everything. All you really need is an auger, a bucket, and a rod and some bait. That's about it. Okay. Um, It depends on how cold you get, obviously, because the shack, if you want to fish out in windy weather or if it's Uh snowing or something, the shack really helps with the heater, keep you warm. Right. But also on the flip side of that, I don't usually fish with an ice shack because I can move around Ah, easier and like drill multiple holes. Mm -hmm. And so if you're just starting out, I would recommend getting just a cheap ice uh, hand drill auger. Uh I mean, they're pretty cheap. They're like 60 bucks, 70 bucks, somewhere around there.
1: I've seen Facebook marketplace where they're super cheap Yeah. You can get actually
2: good fishing gear on Facebook marketplace for really cheap. And I do a lot of shopping on there as well. But, um, then just, if you want to go for panfish only then I would highly recommend getting an ultralight rod but if you okay. want to go for either panfish or walleye or northern uh-huh. then the best type of ice fishing rod to get is a medium, medium. action spinning rod okay yeah okay that's good to know that's good to know
1: um I want to go back to the uh, the ice shack and the heaters so like you know how do uh, most of the heaters i've seen are propane heaters um and then i've i've seen like warnings like don't put it in your ice shack without ventilation stuff like that like how do you go about doing that um so
2: most ice shacks will have a little vent um up towards the top of the shack or two of them and Uh you just open those little flaps and then you'll be fine so you have the airflow, so oxygen yeah so i've never had a personal problem with having a heater inside a shack okay as long as you just keep your vents like i uh, usually go halfway if it's pretty windy out or just okay. full if it's if decent, it's decent. Out, so, okay
1: yeah. nice so that seems pretty easy you know i see all these warnings and they're they're <laughs> trying to scare the heck out of you it seems like you know yeah. like, oh, don't put that in your shack but you know i it sounds like everyone does it so it's like well how do you do that yeah. so mm-hmm. nice very nice um and you talked about the, the rods a little bit, and um, just for people out there that might not know, so the f- ice fishing rods are quite different than something you'd use in the summertime, right? Yes. You you can kind of maybe tell people about go that? that too.
0: Yeah. Um, typically, if I'm fishing in an ice shack... Mm-hmm. I would like to have a smaller rod because right. you're in a smaller confined space. Right. Um, so typically 18 to 24 inches mm-hmm. is the range I like to select. Yeah. Um, you, obviously, you just want to be close right to your there. hole. Yeah. You're going to get a fish up to the hole, and sometimes they're going to pop off, and you're going to want to reach uh, down and scoop them out with your hand or right, something. Right. Um, if I'm on the move, if I'm not in a shack, it's a nice day like today mm-hmm. and I'm moving around a lot. I'll usually opt for a rod 27 to 32 oh, inches wow. just because I'm oftentimes standing rather than sitting oh, on a bucket. Right. And you want that rod tip again, right down next to right the hole. So that, right. that four or five inches can be a big deal. Oh, okay. It helps. It helps. So, I never
2: thought about that. Yeah. If
1: you're standing, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and going off of that, I actually have a way longer rod for ice fishing. Really? It's called a, a long rod for a reason, uh-huh. and it's like five and a half feet. Oh wow! So it's a really wimpy action rod. It's kind of uh-huh. like a f- trout fly fishing rod, I okay. think. And um, so it has a really weak action, and as soon as you set the hook, it bends bends mm. over, and you keep right. the fish on, and that way you can just it you you don't really fish it in. A, deeper than 10 in, 10 feet okay because you usually just pick you don't even reel your line up you pick your rod up wow. because you have that long rod you can just pick your line out of the hole yeah. drop it in another hole and then you can just stay standing okay so that's another option out there oh that is nice
1: you know it, ice fishing is sounding better and better the more i hear you know because it sounded at first it was like oh wow you got to get all this gear and uh And I'm not a big fan of the cold, you know, but it sounds like it doesn't really matter. And, you know, you could be comfortable standing, sitting, whatever you want to do. I think that
0: uh, two really important things, especially in today's ice fishing industry, to have Uh are warm clothing. There's no excuse not to have warm clothing. There's some company that makes it very affordable out there. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that you really enjoy ice fishing investing in some sort of sonar or flasher oh. is probably the most important thing you can do okay um you're gonna save so much time you're gonna put that flasher in the hole and it's gonna give you a reading between the ice you're standing on and the bottom okay and it's gonna show marks and those marks are gonna be fish, fish. and you drop it in a hole sometimes if you don't have it and you think you're around fish you can sit it out there for three hours and not get a bite right so being able to drill holes mm-hmm. and check to see if you're actually around fish right. is so important today. Right. It's hard to see people not fishing with a flasher. Right. And this winter, because of the pandemic, uh-huh. I've seen more people than ever ice fishing. So our fish are getting more pressured than ever. Mm-hmm. You're taking more fish out of our waters, which I right. am totally for. You know, right. I'm glad right. to see and teach people how to ice fish, mm-hmm. but you also see a lot of people struggling because these fish, after seeing a bait for the last three months, they don't want to bite. Right. You got to find some fish that are fresh, yep. haven't seen as much,
1: yeah. and those flashers, sonars are really going to help you. Okay. Yep. Oh, that's good information to know for sure. You so you're talking about the uh, and that'll tell you what depth the fish are at there too. Yep. Then you yep. know if you're in yep. deeper water. Um, so you're not just sitting above them. They, and they do have them. cameras as well,
0: oh, like okay. with a cord. Okay. Um, I don't like those personally because like he said, I like moving around right? and I don't want to have to drop 20 feet of cord right. down a hole to see and if then, I'm around fish. Yeah, If you're going to sit in a spot all day, it's nice to drill a hole and then drill one sure. like two feet next to you uh-huh. and then drop that camera down and get your bait. On the, on the screen. Right on there. And oh, then you okay. notice how these fish are reacting to your bait. Yeah. If they'll come up, look at it, swim away, you All might right. want to change your color. You might right. want to change the action of your bait. Um, wow. You just nice. react. You, you adapt with the fish. Right. And that's kind of n- the nice thing about having a camera. Oh, that's... But you just can't
1: remain as mobile. Okay. So, right, right, right. Interesting. How much do those kind of, how much do they run?
2: I actually have an Aquaview See, I- uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. I am... Um, I have the opposite opinion, Kayla. I think the cameras oh. actually really help. <laughs> okay. okay. I um I've used one for five years now. Uh-huh. Except you can only really use it in clear water. So out mm-hmm. here on the Mississippi, it's not much of a help because right. the water's so dirty. Yeah. But out on like Lake Winona or Lake Lacane, right. they'll be they'll be helpful there. And so I usually drill a hole, drop my camera down. If I don't see a fish or a couple of fish, then I won't fish that hole. And then I'll go drill another hole Uh 20 feet, 30 feet away, drop another one, drop the camera again, keep looking for structure or fish. And then, so I, on the Vexilar or like the flasher, it's nice to move faster, but it's harder to tell what kind of structure you're fishing. So like if you're okay. fishing a rock or okay. a tree or anything, you might be fishing weed, but it just looks like you're fit, you have fish down there. Uh-huh. Whereas the camera, you can actually see, see if those are fish. Yep. Right. So that's the part that I like about it better. Okay. Um, usually an Aqua view, which is the brand I have will run anywhere from 150 to $700, depending okay. on the size right, and what right. one you get. So,
1: so you can get into it for a decent price. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not, yeah. I have
2: the hundred. Fifty one, and it, it, it works just fine for me. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. The flasher versions, which I have are just like the
0: readings of the dots on the chart. Okay. Those usually run anywhere. You can get them end of the season around 210, 220 older models. Nice. Um, Any fishing technology has exploded in recent years, open water and ice fishing. So Mm -hmm. if you really got the money, they come out with ones where they have a big screened camera. (laughs) and the flasher, oh, nice. you know, and those are the bundles that are gonna cost 1,200, $1, right, right. but I wouldn't obviously recommend that to somebody just Beginning, getting into it, right, right. but oh, there's wow. options.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Room to grow, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, more yeah. toys, plenty room to grow. more toys to look for, you know, um, how about the, the ice itself? Like how much ice do you need to get out there on it?
2: Well, Kale's very adventurous. So I'll <laughs> let him start. Okay.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't recommend to anybody to go out on anything less than three inches. Okay. Yeah. Um, three to four inches is absolutely safe walkable ice. Okay. Um, early in the year, it's vital that you have a pair of ice picks. Uh, you can build those. I've mm-hmm. built them. Okay. It's just a wooden handle, and I drive a screw through them.
1: Oh, Tie them nice. on a rope. Yeah.
0: And I hate to admit it, but I've had to use them once. Oh, yeah. Okay, but... I wouldn't, like I said, recommend anything less than three inches. Right. Um, If I'm fishing really shallow water, Uh if I know I'm in two feet of water, I'll go out on like two inches of ice. Right. Because I know I'm going to break through. If I break through, I'm only going to go to my waist. Um, You can typically travel four-wheeler, snowmobile on six or so inches okay. of ice okay. and you're gonna see you know your pickup trucks cars mm-hmm. vehicles out on the big lake small lake right when there's you know 14 plus inches of ice Oh, okay yep nice wow wow
1: that's where the gas powered auger comes in is that right? gas or electric <laughs> or electric yeah. okay. people
0: are getting away from gas because okay. th- there's a lot of issues with them uh-huh. um, when it's cold they get bucky yep. you get fuel or any sort of liquid on your fingers. And the fish are so picky in the winter mm-hmm. with those small baits. If you get that on there, uh, you're not going to get sniffed. You're, you're so electric yeah. has really taken over the game. Okay.
2: Yeah, a big part of the electric uh, augers is that you don't have to start, a, start it up like a gas-powered auger where uh-huh. you have to crank the string. Right. Yeah. That that takes a lot of work, and yeah. sometimes in the cold you can't get it to start. Whereas uh-huh. electric, you have your drill. Uh-huh. with the uh, I, I use a K-drill. That's just a drill attachment auger. Right. And so you just pop your, your battery into your drill and then yes. just drill. Then it's nice. pretty easy and it's a lot quieter too. Tell oh, me about the weight difference too. Oh, the weight oh. difference is huge. Yeah, so the K-drill the is a fully composite uh, drill. Uh-huh. like auger and yeah. with just a little bit of steel blades on the bottom wow oh, and so, the so whole thing is yeah super the light. whole whole thing is completely composite and it's very durable it i haven't had one snap or anything and okay. uh drill offers free sharpening for their blades too so nice. i send i usually try to send mine in every year oh cool and um then it's nice and sharp and the only problem is that you need to spend the money on a decent drill i mean and it has to be a brushless drill if you have brushes in your drill Uh it will burn them and i've i've burnt out before i figured that out i have burned out a couple of drills which is (laughs) yeah yeah, that's expensive but usually i i can go through i have a ryobi so it's not the best drill but Mm -hmm. it works just fine and it's uh the bigger version and the brushless right and i usually use uh Couple five amp lithium batteries, and they last pretty much the whole day for oh, me. Oh, cool! So, nice, yeah. Nice. Gas augers the way minimum 37, 38 pounds, oh, wow. and they can get
0: as gawky and heavy as 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, trying to pull that through
1: the snow, through right. terrain, yep. it's yep. very difficult, yeah. And especially if you're pulling one of those clamshell <laughs> sleds behind you or yep. whatever, too. You talked about a little bit um, about the bait. Um, can you tell people what the because the bait's quite different for ice fishing, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I'm kind of split for ice fishing for open water. I am a straight plastics guy. Oh yeah, completely 100 percent because okay. I'm a tournament angler. I fish we okay. fish around sure. the country right. for that. Right. But um, for ice fishing, I'm kind of 50 50 split. So sometimes you'll like just a little. I use anywhere from a three millimeter tungsten jig up uh-huh. to a little. I mean, an eighth ounce is probably as big as I go for panfish, right. And, um, I usually, I prefer tungsten because the jig will always be smaller than lead, okay. it will have a smaller profile and it will still sink just as fast this or it's not good. faster and oh. you'll have better feel with it. Okay. Okay. But, um, so I don't know, 50% of the time they'll like a little plastic on there, just, I don't know, something simple with mm-hmm. a little tail right. or I usually, I use a lot of waxies or red spikes as well. Okay. So, sure. I don't really have a preference. It's just I kind of let the fish tell me what they want. Sometimes right. I do one of each to have a plastic and a little okay, spike see on works. it. Okay, so, Yeah.
1: What do you use for bait there, Kale?
0: I
2: try to keep it
0: as simple as I can. Early, early in the year, your first month of ice, mm-hmm. I try to get away at, with as big of a bait as I can. Okay. Um, you're going to be around really aggressive fish early in the year because mm-hmm. those fish are fresh, so haven't them. seen much, and if you're around a school of fish, it's easy with a bigger bait to get it down right in front of their face quick they can see it from a distance and when they're that aggressive bigger baits just tend to work you get into january february which a lot of anglers refer to as the midwinter blues Uh, you're gonna downsize because those fish their metabolism is at a season low mm um so they're not gonna they're, they're not looking for, for the, the biggest meal. They're just kind of yeah. putzing along. Yeah. So typically the smallest flies, the smallest tungsten jigs you can get, a, okay. get away with. Um, live bait tends to work a little better than plastic in the right. dead of winter. Okay. But we're entering that time of year again where I'm going to reverse the role. Those fish are going to start to fatten up mm-hmm. because their spawn is coming, mm-hmm. especially perch. They spawn right. earlier than any panfish. Right. And so you're going to catch those with some big guts on them. Um, okay. So I like to use again really big baits. Fire those fish up. They're more aggressive. They mm-hmm. want a big meal because they're getting ready, they're getting ready. for that's that spawning right. season. So right, right, and that happens well, around April. April-ish for perch, March? it can it can start as early as the end of March. Okay, um, it happens okay. pretty quick.
2: So wow, it, wow basically is basically as soon as the first ice opens up, uh-huh. that's when they spawn. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: okay, nice, nice. Um, how about you guys mentioned that you fish a lot of tournaments and stuff too. Um, have you guys been doing that this year, this winter? Do you have,
2: um, going well, I, we are, we are going to down to Alabama on Smith Lake oh, here wow. coming up in, uh, April. Okay, cool. But, um, we usually do a lot more, but due to COVID reasons, we've had a travel ban on our school and oh, can't right. go to these tournaments. And, right. uh, I mean, they've been canceled and stuff. So yeah. it's usually we go to about. Two to three of them, anywhere between Missouri, Kentucky, uh-huh. Alabama. Uh, we actually, my me and my partner Chase Pomeroy, we made the uh, FLW National College Championship nice. last last February. Oh, cool! And we got down, we got to go down and yeah, in February and uh, fish the Harris Chain down in Florida. Oh, we wow. ended up. Uh, so that was uh, we had one day of practice only, and then it was a two two or a three day tournament, depending on if you made the cut. We uh-huh. only fished two days because we didn't make the top 10 cut for, okay. to fish the third day. But we still took, uh, I believe 56th out of like 160 teams. Oh, wow. So nice. for our first time fishing in Florida, it was pretty fun, uh-huh. but, um, that's, cool. that's a big part of what our club does is go around go fish, fish, it. new water, fish these tournaments against right. these big schools because down in, down South fishing is a huge, big, huge yeah uh sport right, and so right. there's actually like uh if you look at Bethel University they are a 36 man fully scholarshiped team wow so they yeah <laughs> they like oh, i i personally did get a offer a scholarship to there but i did declined it because i didn't like any of their majors there that's oh. like i don't know i i, I really like math so Okay. I didn't I, and the only math related thing I could have done there was uh, math teaching, I think. But oh, anyways, okay. but yeah, so down south fishing teams are huge and yeah. they're very competitive and so we up here in the nor- north we have little teams but we still compete against those big right, big right, guys down there right. and it's fun. We learn a lot.
1: Nice. What what kind of fish are you catching down in Florida?
2: Um so we're strictly bass. So okay. we do bass tournaments all around. Okay. So either largemouth or smallmouth up here and then uh-huh. um down there it was Basically all largemouth, um, there are a few spotted bass on the lake too, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: we could, we could have caught those, but usually the big three are largemouth, smallmouth and spotted bass. Okay. So those are the ones you can weigh in.
1: So I know this is a little off topic from ice fishing, but how is the bass fishing down there compared to up here? Like compare the two for me. Uh,
2: everything happens a lot earlier. Okay. That's about it. Okay. That's about it. There, I mean, obviously the baits are going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bass down there. They since they grow all year round, right. their mouths are going to be bigger than the mouths up here for uh. large mouth. So you use bigger baits, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, everyone knows when you go to Florida or Texas, you throw a big ten, twelve inch worm. Okay, and um, so but so the baits are going to be bigger, the shad are going to be bigger. Pretty much everything's bigger down there, but so like, yeah, every, like we have a lot of three pounders here that we would consider that a good tournament fish. So Uh like for a tournament, we usually want to catch five, three pounder or four, three pounders plus a kicker, which is like a four or five. Okay. Now down there, they want to catch four, four or five pounders and have a kicker of a seven or eight pounder. So the size is just bigger, (laughs) but it's, it's kind of the same tactics you use. Okay. I was
1: just curious, you know, yeah. where do you guys get the uh, boats? Do you uh, provide your own boats, or how does that work?
0: We we have members who own their own boats, uh-huh. you know, whether it be a parent's boat or we outright own our own boat. Right. Um, we don't have the funding for this club right, to yeah. you know have a school boat and send teams. There are some pretty sick college teams yeah. that have some really nice wrapped decked out boats oh, oh, wow. that'll own three or four of the newest bass boats oh, but i don't <laughs> think that that gives them any more of an advantage no. you know yeah. um but yeah. it'd be nice wouldn't it oh yeah 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 <laughs> for yep. sure our tournament formats uh just for some clarification they're fi- our five biggest bass in every okay. tournament, so you're fishing for basically five bites. You want your uh-huh. five quality, most quality fish in the live well right. for the weigh-in, okay. best weight.
1: Okay.
2: Usually, last eight hours as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so okay. eight-hour tournaments. So. Cool. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, I'd like to go back a little bit. Um, you talked about the uh, what do you call it? like ice picks, you know, yep. for yep. Uh, safety. Well, what else? What other kind of things should uh, people worry about, or not worry, but you know, think about when they're going out on the ice as far as safety goes.
0: Um, judging, judging the conditions, uh, of okay. being aware of your surroundings and uh-huh. the weather, right. um, weather plays a big factor right now. we have 40, 45 degree days. Uh-huh. So if you're fishing a body of water that has current, there's right. current flowing below you, uh-huh. that ice can be eaten away in a matter of hours. Oh wow. Um, okay. people can become stranded pretty quickly if you're uh-huh. not really careful. Lakes, I don't worry about that as much. Mm-hmm. takes a lot longer for that ice to deteriorate. But when you right. have a little bit of current eating the bottom and mm-hmm. the sun eating the top, it can go in a hurry. Oh, okay. Um, so that and just watching, you know, slushy water on top is mm-hmm. always something to take a little caution to. Okay. Uh, you get early in the year, if you have snow over mm-hmm. the ice, mm-hmm. you have to be very careful. That's where I personally made my mistake. Okay. Um, Walking out on an area, part of it's, you know, freshly frozen, fresh glazed ice, which Mm -hmm. that's really good. That's what you want. I was checking that. That appeared to be safe. There was some snow that had been blown over portions of the ice, Uh and that snow is going to insulate the ice. It's going to warm it. And that's where I made my mistake. I had just dumbly assumed assumed that everything I was walking on was the same. I got over this snow patch. I felt it sink a little bit. And I took another step and I plummeted oh, through. Wow. So, but I was with somebody else with a rope and okay. I had my ice picks to help right, me. Right. Um, I talked earlier about some clothing. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many clothing options out there. Mm-hmm. The day after I fell through, I went out and invested in a float suit. Oh, they have wow. uh, your bibs and your jacket with mm-hmm. foam padding now. Nice. Um, so, that's if you were to fall through. That's another life-saving right help you piece stay. of clothing that you're that you can invest in. Yeah. It's going to help you stay yeah. afloat, head above the water, until mm-hmm. hopefully somebody can help you. Right again, hopefully right. nobody's yeah. ever in that situation. Yeah. But yeah. I also do have that because I'm out there so much. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. and we don't need to get way into it, but I mean, there are uh, uh, things to consider techniques to get yourself back up on the ice. Too, yeah, right? if you fall, yeah, dead, always
0: so. kicking your feet. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want your head to go under. Right. If your head goes under with all the clothing that you're wearing, you're oftentimes wearing pack boots. Yeah. You're probably not coming out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the chances of you being able to touch the bottom, like, you don't know the depth of the no, water yeah. sometimes that you're walking over. I knew that if my head went under, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Right. right. Which is d- very scary, but I felt yeah. my bibs getting heavy. My boots were filling up. Yeah. And you just kind of sink like a rock at that yeah, point. Yeah. So if you find yourself in that position, getting your hands out as quickly as you can, I was able to catch myself. Okay, nice. And, I mean, that's just nice. split-second reaction that right. I'm, you know, very lucky. Right. Um, but, yeah, then getting
1: those picks yeah. and continuing to just pull yeah. and pull. Yep. Cool, cool. How about... um. Um, I'm always worried worried about slipping and falling. Uh, yeah. What about uh, cleats? Here that's or that's like a that. very important one. I <laughs> yeah. feel like
2: I've I've slipped and fell. I've had shoulder <laughs> surgery and knee surgery from sports, not fishing. But I mean, I still don't want to have surgery from fishing. Right. right. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of different brands and types of cleats out there. If uh-huh. you just go to Fleet Farm, they have a whole wall of them. Usually, okay. right. And um, I prefer. I prefer not going cheap on these ones because I buy, I buy the $40, I don't know what brand they are, but they're called the diamond version of them. Okay. And, um, they're just little diamond spikes all around it. And you gotta, I mean, you look on the back of the box and you can see what shoe size and what size you need. And it's pretty easy. All you do is slip those suckers on and usually they'll stay on. I have had where if you walk in with them in the snow, which you usually wouldn't need them in the snow anyways. So. You can lose them. They'll actually, the snow will actually oh, pull your cleat off, out. and then you can lose it, and you okay. have to go buy a new one. Right. But that's the only problem I've had with them. Right. So, otherwise, yeah, I and would, they all just slip right over your they, boot. Yeah, right they, they all just slip on. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those kind where there's like a uh,
1: like a wire wrapped around it that's on the bottom of your boot. Yeah, right? I haven't used those personally, okay. so I don't know how oh. well
2: those work. Interesting, but.
1: All right, well, just something to think about because, yeah, I've got some old injuries, too, and I just uh. don't want to fall <laughs> on, the, on the ice. But. <laughs> do you guys have, like, uh, fundraisers or anything like that? What else do you guys do with the club? Um, tourneys?
2: Well, we usually try to have at least one ice fishing tournament fundraiser and an open water tournament fundraiser oh, okay. a year. Oh, okay. Cool. So you guys um, host a so tournament? So we year? usually host those, yes. Okay. But due to the COVID restrictions, we can't this yeah, year because yeah. we don't want to get the public... Um sick or anything right right so we no. um
1: are those would those normally be open to the public or yeah. is it just uh-huh. yep it's open okay. to the public we also nice. have our
2: own personal clubs tournaments that uh-huh. we fish, okay, but those are closed closed to the public, right. but yeah, we usually yeah. try to do a fundraiser for that cool. and then we also there's a um uh what is it called go go warriors for what what do we do for the football games? I don't know. I, I forgot know, what they I called. I forgot, I what, know, they called. I forgot yeah. what they called. Winona State hosts some something. I forgot what it's called. Is it's the Game Day Experience. Oh, oh Game Day yeah, Experience. That's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um so they host the Game Day Experience and they allow clubs to go and like kinda gain publicity. Oh nice. And nice. um we host a booth there. We tried we last year we hosted a booth every single day or every single time uh-huh. there. And then they also enter us into like a drawing for some money too. Okay, but you can nice. do a fundraiser through that too and okay. we usually sell like candy or something. All right. But um also we will go set up a booth at like the big tournaments like um MLF is a pro circuit uh-huh. uh series right now that is uh, Major League Fishing and they are coming here in Lacrosse this August oh, nice. for the, their Red Crest event which if anyone knows bass fishing it's like basically the super bowl of their pro circuit cool so all the big pros are going to be there and we're going to probably i'm going to try to get us to have a booth there they did it two years ago and we had a booth there as well so excellent we do fundraising like that as well
1: very nice very nice and i hope we can uh maybe next year or later this year or something we can have you can have a tournament or something a fundraiser absolutely We need to get some people going to
2: your fundraiser so we can get you guys a boat. Yeah, that'd yeah. be really nice. Yeah. <laughs> we probably take a few fundraisers. Yeah, fishing, <laughs> fishing is very expensive and boats are not cheap. Right, <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear you
1: so uh how about uh if if anyone wants to learn more about the fishing club you know um, whether they're a student here or just interested in what you guys do uh, where would they find out do you have anything um, on, they can online? find
2: out on our facebook page okay. at uh, Winona state University fishing uh-huh um, we try to keep that updated we don't do the greatest at it honestly but um, yeah. we also have an instagram okay that is WSU fishing club okay nice. and you can follow us on either of those or you can just contact myself okay. and um, you c- it will be at my email is okay. at go.winona.edu.
1: Okay. So. Sounds good. And I, I contacted you guys through the Facebook
2: page. So it's yep. not like you guys
1: ignore it. Anymore. No, we we mm-hmm. we
2: message everybody back. We just don't Sometimes we, it takes we don't a while. post on it as as oh, okay. often as we should. We will answer any questions or anything you guys nice. have Excellent. pretty much as soon as possible.
0: Quick shout out to the sponsors. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. Do that. Yeah. Um Our sponsors really help this club go around. Mm -hmm. It
2: helps us put
0: more fish in the boat. Right. Um, Dobbins Rods, best rods you can imagine. Yeah. Big shout out to them. Um, Get Bit Baits, great plastics
2: for big bass. Mm -hmm. Coast of Sunglasses, Coast of Fishing. TNT Tackle is another one. They're a local company in lacrosse who makes jigs and hooks and stuff like that. Um, TNT, uh, huh? yep. yep. T and okay. T and cool. then, so it's like T and T not T and it's hard okay. to say that. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. Um, another big one is actually here locally is kick ass beef jerky and oh, they provide, yeah. they provide product for us and it's so helpful when you're out in the boat for long periods of times when you need a quick snack. Right. And yeah. their jerky is some of the best jerky I've actually had, honestly. Cool. So nice.
0: And yeah. um, Another real big one is lure lock. Tackle Boxes, Mm -hmm. another fairly local company right Mm -hmm. on the other side of the river here. Okay. Um, They have really awesome storage containers. There's like a small, like sticky adhesive on the bottom of their containers. Uh, Yeah. You can put your baits in there, rattle that box, and that bait does not come free. So it keeps your stuff organized. And as a tournament angler, organization is key. (laughs) So thank you, Lurelock.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well that that's good to know that uh there's some local Absolutely. sponsors like yep. that too. That's fantastic. Well, great guys. Um I've been here talking to Colton Haney. He's the president of the uh Winona State University Fishing Club. And also with us is Cale Ryn, um a very knowledgeable uh, student here that uh grew up right here in the area. Uh you guys, thank you so much for coming in today. This was great.
2: Yeah, you know? thanks for having us. It was My really fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So
1: uh um, like I said earlier, I am not big into ice fishing or wasn't, but I'm recently started to pick up some gear and, uh, yeah, I'm going to venture out there and see what I can do. So Sweet. thanks a lot for all the info guys. No problem. Thanks again to Colton Haney and Cale Ryn from the Winona State University Fishing Club. To find out more about the club or just to learn more about ice fishing or fishing in general, contact the Winona State University Fishing Club on Facebook. To keep up on all things Winona and the surrounding area, tune in to Culture Click Thursdays at twelve thirty, right here on eighty-nine point five KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've been talking Minnesota and ice fishing today on Culture Click, creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.